Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Thursday afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. Luke and Laurel today. Our thanks to First Bank for their sponsorship of our studio rights and, of course, the Eagle Hour. We've got a great show today. We're going to be talking to the volleyball coach, Stephanie Radecki, in just a minute. Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, on the show again today as well. Opening segment, as it is every day, sponsored by Justin and all the great guys at Dickie's Barbecue Pit here in Hattiesburg, right next to the mall. You can enjoy delicious Dickie's Barbecue seven days a week. They serve it in-house. They'll deliver it to your house, or you can pick it up through the drive-thru. However you choose, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, we're going to kick off today's show. Haven't had uh, Coach Radecki on the show in some time. Volleyball coach, of course, for the University of Southern Mississippi. And Coach, uh, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Always a pleasure. You guys are off to a good start. Five and two on the season. You beat Louisiana Tech twice. You get wins over uh, northeast Louisiana, southeastern Louisiana, Nickel State. Uh, I guess you're probably pretty happy with the start of the season. Yeah, it's been exciting. It was really nice to get those two matches in in October. We were really lucky to be able to have that opportunity and gave our team an opportunity early to see um, what we need to work on and had a good start here this spring. Obviously, it's a little odd playing in the spring for us, but we're really excited to play and looking forward to open um, conference play this weekend. So COVID has affected your sport probably as much of maybe more than uh, than most sports because you're right you you normally uh, would not be playing in the spring and and I you know one thing I'm going to ask you about because I'm not really sure I understand and that's the 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 fact that you can't have any fans in your facility whereas other sports are limited you know to 25 percent capacity but but they're allowing fans in the stand how how is how did that come about what what is the reason for that coach. Well, we are allowing fans, but it's a pass list. Um, so you have to be on a pass list to get in uh, from one of the players on the squads. And basically because um, max occupancy in the um, volleyball complex is 1,000 and we're only pulling the bleachers out on the opposite side of the benches, that cuts it down to 500. And so uh, really um, just holds us back to a certain percentage of people in that facility at a time to be safe and mm-hmm. Make sure that not just the teams are safe, but the officials and the staff and the table and everyone's as safe as possible. Okay, so the restrictions are the same, but it's just because of largely the size. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad we clarified that. Yeah, it's just basically the size and what what the max occupancy is in the facility. How strange is it to be playing this time of the year, and and how difficult has it been for your kids to adjust to that? Uh, It's very strange, um, but I don't think it's been that difficult just because they're so excited to play it's just been a really long time since we had a season and everything's been so um, abnormal and and scary and different and so 
the normalcy of being able to play at all is just a nice feeling to have. So um, an adjustment, but it hasn't been a bad adjustment for us. Good. All right, Luke, get in here with uh, Coach Rodesky. Coach Rodecki, a two-game winning streak, a big win Friday. Uh, you split with Southeastern, but you guys were down two to nothing and came back and won three straight matches, and then you sweep Nichols. Uh, I guess it's the right time to get that type of confidence heading in uh, to UTEP this weekend to start conference play. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's always difficult to come back from being down 0-2, but to have lost to that team earlier in the day and then come back from being down 0-2 I, I think was even a bigger feat and was really impressed with how our players um, just dug deep and found some of their best volleyball in those last three sets. So that was really exciting. All of the, the conference teams are adjusting this year. Baseball is about to do with it. They've split the conference into east and west. And uh, what is, you know, that's a unique first time they've, they've really done that. And uh, you're, you're playing six uh, two game series. It's a Sunday, Monday. It's kind of a different schedule wise, too. I mean, what's been kind of your coaching approach to the changes within the conference this year? Well, it's definitely very different than what we're used to. Um, you know, we've obviously been practicing at different times to try to get prepared to play. We're playing noon, 1, 11 a.m. even matches to um, adjust to travel. So I think just getting prepared for that instead of having evening matches um, has been something we've really focused on. But um, other than that, you know, we have, we've been playing Friday, Saturdays, this first two weeks, so haven't really had to adapt yet. So this weekend will be a big test for us. Talk about some of your players. We talked about uh, Decane Maratska. She's the uh, Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week. Seven blocks against Southeastern Louisiana matched her her career high, and you've been having uh, some uh, just all kinds of kids step up in these last few uh, matches. Yeah, um, I think Duquesne's doing a great job. Um, she had a great weekend um and obviously was recognized by the conference for it um kinsley handback had a huge match versus nickel state and she's been really um consistent offensively for us uh through our first part of the season um we've had two different setters sharing time that have both done a great job kenzie smith and um piper matsumoto and then our um defense on our first swing side out has been really impressive and we can't do that without our passing being really on point, and I think Madison Lawler, um, one of our only two seniors as libero, has done a great job leading that um, passing force for us. Coach, talk to us about the conference. You're going to start play this week, uh, this weekend. Uh, what does Conference USA look like uh, in regard to your sport? Who are the powerhouses and the teams that you're going to have to beat? Uh, well, the two um, powerhouses pretty consistently are Western Kentucky and Rice. Um, we actually host Rice in about a week and a half. Um, UTEP is who we travel to this weekend, and I think they're um, really strong this year. Um, you know, we, we'll host UAB, and we'll also host North Texas. North Texas is also generally one of the top four teams in the conference. So um, we definitely have a challenge ahead of, ahead of us, and um, we like where we get to travel and who we get to host, so we feel good about the conference schedule. We just have to be prepared every time we play. Where does where does Conference USA stand in in the world of women's collegiate volleyball? Um, well, I think we're a very strong Division One conference. Um, you know, obviously we're not a Power Five conference, but um, 
you know, if you look at Western Kentucky, they're ranked in the top 25 this year. Rice and Western Kentucky both went to the second round of the NCAA tournament last year. So um, I think we're a very strong conference. Um, I think people, if if people don't get out and watch Conference USA Volleyball, I think they're definitely missing out. And Coach, where where is your program right now in respect to where you envisioned it being when you came here in this time frame? Uh, how do you feel about uh, the the way your program has progressed? Well, it's been an um, interesting process. It's definitely been a lot of work, and I think we're headed in the right direction. You know, we're not exactly where we want to be yet, but um, we definitely have the right student-athletes, um, a great coaching staff, and we're just really excited about where we're headed right now. Well, good. Luke, anything else for Coach? Coach, just kind of give our listeners too. Uh, you know, they're people have been coming through on the campus and and just see that volleyball uh, complex and, and really excited about that. And right now, because of the limited capacity, some Southerners fans, you know, can't get inside and and see that. Of course, we we love the pictures we see from the matches and stuff. Kind of tell our listeners about how exciting it has been to be in that facility and how it's affected your players. Well, it's extremely exciting. It's an amazing facility. It's beautiful. Um, there are so many resources in it for our student athletes and our coaches. Um, we are looking forward to the day that we can pack that facility. And I hope that that happens sooner rather than later, but I definitely think it's a great volleyball atmosphere, um, not just for the players, but for, um, fans, people that come and watch once we are able to do that. So it's a, it's a great place. That's great. Um, last question um, from from me. UTEP one o'clock uh, this Sunday, twelve p.m. on uh, on Monday. Back to back days. Um, a, a little different, but I'm uh, sure your ladies will be up for it. Yeah, I think so. We've definitely been training for this, so I'm excited um, to compete and looking forward to traveling, which is <laughs> just a new experience for us right now with all the uh, regulations. But um, we're prepared and we're ready and. You know, hopefully we do a great job and we come back with some success. All right, Coach, always a pleasure to have you on the Eagle Hour. We appreciate your willingness to always come on. And best of luck to you and your ladies this weekend and through the remainder of the season. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, Coach Stephanie Radecki, everybody, women's volleyball coach at Southern Miss. How ironic have this beautiful new facility right on 4th Street and nobody can get inside. (laughs) <laughs> maybe tough. it'll end pretty soon, Luke. Maybe this will be behind us pretty Hope soon, so. and uh, life will get back to normal. All right, the professor, it's Thursday. Time to go to the classroom. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald next on the Eagle Hour. To the top. 
Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank volleyball coach Stephanie Radecki for joining us in the first segment. The ladies on the road to kick off conference play this weekend, five and two, so off to a uh, pretty good start here at the uh, start of uh, the spring, first ever spring volleyball season. Obviously, normally played in the fall. We'll catch up with Patrick McGee here shortly, but uh, right now, uh, Luke, you you said something interesting to me during the break. You're you're a pretty high guy when it comes to the recruiting class that football enjoyed this year, but you say not getting much respect for that recruiting class. Yeah, I mean, recruiting rankings are all up and down. A lot of people use 24-7. Heath Hinton with Big Old Nation is at Rivals. Uh, You know, ESPN has their own thing, and, you know, the Golden Eagles – only technically signed, I believe, 13, uh, and we think we have two preferred walk-ons. But when you look at the rivals' rankings, Southern, Southern Miss is, is ninth in Conference USA, and I think it's interesting to note, according to rivals, not one Conference USA team, or I'm sorry, only one Conference USA team signed one four-star, and that was Marshall. So, you know, I mean – I, I'm I'm excited. I think I I don't judge our recruiting class based off what somebody somewhere says about some kid that, that they've only seen play on tape. I think we've got some gems in this class. It's just kind of interesting to see those rankings. The professor Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun Herald is with us now on the Eagle Hour. Patrick, I guess you heard that right there. Luke, a little unhappy with the lack of national uh, love that the Southern Miss recruiting class is getting. What was your after these two that were signed uh, here the the late signings? Your overall view of, of the recruiting class for football, Patrick? Well, I think it was pretty solid. I think it included a lot of guys that weren't really looking at Southern Miss prior to whenever uh, Will Hall arrived and whenever they saw the stability that Hall Hall brought. He was able to bring them online. So I, I think they land a bunch of guys that Hobson and company should have really been with Kit beforehand, but you know, just under the circumstances weren't able to get. Um, but overall... I think quality with each guy was really good uh, in terms of how they rank. It, it's a weird year, you know, in terms of numbers for everybody. So, I mean, for the recruiting services, it probably was a difficult year to kind of gauge. But overall, considering what they re- were able to do, say, from uh, December 2nd on, they were able to do a pretty good job. No junior college kids, <clears throat> high school kids. that tell you that uh, this coach is, is in it for the long run, wants to build his program from the ground up? Yeah, I mean, there were some FBS trans, some transfers uh, mm-hmm. mixed in there, and right. and you can kind of you know, but you know these guys are going to be a little bit more proven because uh, you've already you're able to see what they were able to do at this level. So I think you know, yeah, I mean I, I think Will Hall is going to keep an eye for transfers. I think he even indicated to me that he's uh, going to the summer. He might considering adding a transfer to on the offensive line. It just depends on how things go in the spring. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, he's going to commit to high schools, but he's not afraid to go out and add some transfers, uh, you know, to, to bring immediate quality. What percentage of this class do you think comes in and makes an immediate impact next year? That's that's hard to say. I think at quarterback position, it'll be pretty easy for one of those guys, uh, Keys or Webb, to come in and, and contribute. Uh, I, I doubt they'll be in a position either one of them really to redshirt. Uh, that depth chart will not be very long on the quarterback position. So I think a quarterback obviously is a place uh, where they can play and uh, possibly their receiver with Tim Jones uh, moving on. So I, I think there will be some opportunities, especially on offense, for, for freshmen to play, and a lot of those transfers will play on defense. All right, Luke? 
Um, one more question about football, Patrick. Uh, you know, I think when you when you look at Tykes, Chandler Pittman, a couple of those guys are the big gets, the transfers. Edwards coming in from Missouri. But th- this kid yesterday, I know you talked to Will Hall about Jay Jones. I mean, he was a Tennessee commit up until December when all the drama started to happen up there. He decommitted. He had an offer from Arkansas, South Alabama, Ole Miss. Could Jay Jones be kind of a, a hidden diamond that Southern Miss uh, fans don't realize how good he is until he gets on campus? Yeah, I think really Southern Miss fans are just trying to get to know him because they didn't really know he was going to come to Southern Miss until yesterday. Uh, but he's a big guy. I think they listen to six one two hundred. He's probably more like six one one ninety. That's a big guy for a cornerback. But Hall says he wants to bring in guys at corner and kind of you know allow them to grow in the safeties. Uh, so in other words, Will Hall is going to want to put young, young talented guys out there at corner over the next couple of years and see them kind of grow over time and work in other positions. But but Jay Jones is you know a quality guy. that offers you know was committed to Tennessee. Had offers from Arkansas and Ole Miss. Uh, he was pretty well regarded. Uh, so for them to add him as the one guy that they get on signing days as, as a true scholarship guy is pretty good to add. I, uh, I, I said I was going to ask uh, only one football question. I got one more. I don't, I don't really know how to evaluate it, but and and you may not have have looked at it too close. But did we have any immediate impact of Kane Womack at South Alabama? Were there any kids on the the Gulf Coast that they grabbed that you like? Wow, they made a they made a splash pretty quick. No, uh, not in South Mississippi. You know, it had some good guys, whether it's Kobe Jones at Harrison Central and. And really across the board, really good players, but they were all, you know, SEC bound guys. Usually Justin Wally went to Minnesota. I think he was the best player on the coast, but he and Moore were, excuse me, I think I said Jacoby Jones, I meant Jacoby Moore. Uh, both of those guys are really talented, but they were headed elsewhere for a long time. And so far, Womack didn't really have the, the, the opportunity to make an impact on the coast. I know Steve Campbell was trying to, uh, uh, establish a foothold there and it just, you know, that, that didn't work out for him, uh, to get wins right away. So, It'll be interesting to see what Womack does. He's, you know, Campbell was a head coach at Gulf Coast. Uh, Womack, I know he was at Southern Miss, but I don't think we'll see as much of an emphasis as what we saw out of Campbell in recruiting South Mississippi. Not saying Womack won't do it, but uh, I I think we'll see less of an emphasis uh, than what we saw at Campbell. All right, Patrick, we're now about 17 days, I think. I might be off a day or two. About 17 days away from baseball. A lot of anticipation around these parts that this is going to be a really, really good baseball team. Got a really tough schedule. What would you say Southern Miss fans should expect to see in the first couple, three weeks of the season? Well, I, I mean, it, it's really just kind of watching these guys that are you know, on the pitching staff who have had little uh, injuries. Tommy Johns, uh, how quickly can these guys get on the field? I think Cody Carroll. Is one guy that, that that may have to wait a little bit to make an impact, but everybody else should be relatively ready to go. Uh, Gabe Shepard, uh, Christian Ostrander said that you know it's still a little bit of a work in progress, but uh, he's looking good right now as far as Gabe Shepard goes. He may not be 100% week one, but maybe month in we'll see him at 100%. So uh, uh, he had a lateral strain that he had moving some farm equipment or something uh, after he you know sat out the fall. So. He's just had some tough breaks there uh, ever since he looked so good uh, there really in the first game or two in, in 2020, and that obviously what it is in the 2019. But I think it's really just kind of watching that pitching staff as a whole and 
and seeing how they kind of come together in the first two or three weeks. They're exceptionally talented, but can they stay healthy? Can a Drew Boyd, can a, a Chandler Best kind of step up and take that, uh, go to that next level? And, you know, it was just a couple of years back we so enjoyed watching this explosive offensive team that could just belt home runs out of the ballpark at any minute and generally would come on the last two or three innings of a game and just bury opponents with their bats. This is not going to be quite that kind of offensive team. Is that fair to say? No, I mean, there's that potential uh, that this could be a you know a really good offensive team, uh, but you can't really compare to what, those Matt Walner and Dylan, Bo- Dylan Bordeaux teams did. Uh, you have a Chris Sargent there who should plug in and bring more power than you have Slade Wilkes, a freshman who has tremendous potential as a power hitter, whether he's able to do that and say the first month or two of his first season in college baseball remains to be seen. I think they like what they see in him. Uh, but I, I think they can maybe hit the ball, hit, hit a few more homers this season, uh, whether they'll kind of deliver more runs on average per game. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, it's just, you know, some unproven pieces there in the lineup uh, that have to step up if this is going to turn into a really good offense. They're going to have to get on it, though, aren't they, Patrick, with the schedule they have? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they've got the pitching to get through it. You know, uh, Sergeant Sanders, you know, as long as we put three runs on the board, we have a pretty good chance every night. And uh, there's a, probably, you probably want to make that more four or five runs. Right. I, I feel better with four or five, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to have to come out playing well, uh, kind of feel their way through that Northwestern State Series and definitely get a win from there and build from there on out. All right. Are you in a hurry, Patrick? Have you got time to hang on for just a little bit longer? I wanted to get some Super Bowl wisdom from you if you have the time. I'd love to, but right whenever I, uh, y'all called, I had my girlfriend's dad show up with a dresser that I've got to move up the stairs now. <laughs> oh, well, we don't want, no, no, no. you got to take care of priorities, Patrick. We understand that completely. Keep the girlfriend happy, Patrick, and uh, you can deal with us again next week, right? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, everybody. Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. He writes sports stories in the morning and moves furniture for the girlfriend in the afternoon. Hmm. Well, uh, we'll have him back on again next Thursday. We'll find Kelly Sander. I'm sure he's got plenty to say. He was out yesterday. So uh, we'll find uh, Mr. Sander next on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday. Happy to have you along with us on the Eagle Hour. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, home of the 895 lunch. Catfish, hush puppies, french fries, and slaw on the menu tomorrow because it's Friday. And again, Super Bowl this weekend. If you don't have somewhere to watch it, Four Street Bar and Grill. There you go. 
Luke Johnson in the First Bank studio in downtown Laurel. Bob Getty in Hattiesburg at the First Bank studio. Kelly Sanner joins us on uh, the phone now. Hey, guys, we're going to be at Ramey Motors tomorrow, Dakota Baker and all those guys. Spring is on the horizon, mowers and tractors and boats, and there's a bunch of good cars down there, too. I'm looking out uh, in the brick paved, or the brick laid streets of downtown Laurel looking at my uh, Ford F-150 Lariat that was purchased at Ramey Motors. So looking forward to hanging out with the guys tomorrow. Yeah, it should be it should be a good uh, fun day at the uh... And Purvis, you know, well, Dakota's getting ready, too, for the big alumni Purvis High School baseball game where guys try to live out their glory days <laughs> getting back on the Can he still drop field. bombs? I'm, I'll bet he can, but, you know, they just have to run a lot slower around those bases for fear of pulling something, <laughs> you know, or getting hurt. They better have plenty of uh, trainers on hand if that alumni game takes place. But we'll find more about that uh, tomorrow. Meanwhile, guys, lots of things going on around uh, the conference and around the country, where to start? Let's start with, uh, well, it's the Southern Miss program, so let's start with what's going on with Southern Miss. The Conference USA preseason softball poll has been released, and in the West Division, the Lady Eagles are slated to finish third, according to the pollsters. According to those same prognosticators, North Texas is predicted to win the West. UAB is projected to finish second, with the Lady Eagles finishing third. And then over in the Eastern Division, Western Kentucky is supposed to be the team to carry the banner. Marshall comes in second of the preseason poll. Charlotte came in third. Congratulations to outfielder Madison Rayner of the Lady Eagles. She's been named preseason all-conference in Conference USA on the softball nice. side. So good job, Madison Rayner. She's from, and while we're, she's from Stringer, ahead. Mississippi, Kelly. You know where that is? Uh, of course. Of course, that's just uh, that's the suburb of Moss. Yeah, I believe we've had her on the show before, Luke. We have. Yeah, Is, isn't it a suburb of Moss, Luke, up there on Highway 15? But I learned during the the Easter tornadoes last year as we were uh, helping the community. Everybody outside of Moss calls it Moss. They call it Mossville. And oh, I think Moss. Stringer's Moss. probably a little bigger than Mossville. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're right there on the other side of the Jasper County line. You hit Mossville, you hit Stringer, and then you hit the metropolis of Hill Denson. Uh, Hill Denson is the Superman of the metropolis of Bay Springs. That's his uh, alma mater. So this, is, That's a where big, you this go is a big city girl. Jasper County. This is a big yes. city girl, right, Kelly? Oh, yeah, Madison Rainer. She's from Stringer. You know that, uh, yeah. you know that yeah. she's been living in uh, – in the big time there. But on the baseball <laughs> side, you guys, Slade Wilkes, the freshman out of Columbia, who Scott Berry projects to be a right fielder for the Eagles this year, has been named preseason All-American by Baseball America. Only one of three freshmen to be named uh, preseason All-America. A lot of uh, lot of big things expected from Slade Wilkes, the big left-handed swinger, had lunch with uh, Scott Berry today, the Southern Miss baseball coach, and he said, man, when... When Eagle fans get to see Slade Wilkes swing a bat, they said if he misses it, you know, it'll be air conditioning for anybody behind him because that there's a guy that gets his cuts. Um, and when he hits a baseball, man, it's, he's going to hit it a country mile. So congratulations to Slade Wilkes, freshman All-American by Baseball America, uh, right fielder for the Golden Eagles. Now let's talk a little Southern Miss football. Um, according to... People who follow such things, people in the National Football League who rank players going forward and follow their careers, the third highest graded freshman 
during the past football season was none other than Frank Gore Jr. of Southern Miss. It's projected on durability and uh, ability to catch, run, and make plays. Gore was the highest-graded freshman. He came in third in that category behind Marvin Mims of Oklahoma and Deuce Vaughn of Kansas State. So Frank Gore getting national recognition and putting Southern Miss uh, on the football maps with his performance. Of course, yesterday was National Signing Day, and the Eagles made big news when they got uh, the the three-star recruit Jay Jones that they signed when uh, maybe a lot of people weren't expecting that they were going to land him. They did. And now out of the swack today, this is late-breaking news. It looks like all corn now will not get the opportunity to defend its SWAC championship for the third year in a row, even after moving football to the spring. Alcorn does not think, because of COVID issues, that they can go ahead and let the team prepare for the February 27th opener. So already, even though teams who have moved football games to the spring, already cancellations are starting, Alcorn is going to pull its plug on football for the spring. So SWAC will have a new champion even though it'll be a spring champion, because Alcorn apparently uh, is going to sit this one out. So that's the way it looks, guys. Lots of things going on. Did did you guys see it on social media yesterday? You know, Dion still works for Barstool Sports, and apparently they're going to do a documentary, and they've already started filming it, obviously, because they've started camp. They're going to follow Jackson State the entire season, which I think is pretty interesting, pretty cool. I mean, I think there will be possibilities – uh, with Dion there, that obviously Jackson State could have never dreamed they would get some of the notoriety, but I just some of the creative genius behind you know the people that he's involved with, and I think it's pretty cool. It's unfortunate Alcorn's not going to play, but I mean, think about that, guys. I mean, yeah, we're we're pumped about all these things that we're about to watch, but we're gonna have football again. I know it's it's FCS, but man, we're gonna have football in just like three weeks. And the fact that the fact that Dion Sanders is at Jackson State has already brought. That school a ton of notoriety and kind of you know with the with the Black Lives Matter movement and some things that have, have come to the forefront in professional sports. You know, ESPN is featuring historically black colleges now uh, once a week from schools that normally don't get a lot of headlines and uh, don't play in a lot of the big bowl games or do you ever see their names in the ratings. So a lot of uh, you know in the in the rankings. So a lot of these schools are going to start getting some national attention now. And, and who better to carry that banner than than uh, Neon Deion Sanders? So, and he's already gotten some recruits that under other circumstances, you know, Jackson State probably wouldn't have gotten. So, yeah, I guess this is going to kind of be like what was last, not last chance you, but what was the hard knocks, kind of the a college answer to uh, – to hard knocks as they follow Jackson State. But I'll look forward to that. That's be pretty cool. It'd be interesting to see how long Deion Sanders wants to do this, you know? At what point will he get a little bored with it and, and maybe want to try something different? But, uh, you know, he's a colorful personality and, you know, he's a national celebrity. And uh, he's going to bring a lot to Jackson State. Congratulations to them for having the foresight to hire him. And, you know, several people, Bob, over the years have said, you know, well, why, not, why doesn't Southern Miss get Brett Favre to be the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator or whatever? And when you talk to these football coaches, they'll tell you how they are pretty much handcuffed to a desk, you know, during football season. And, and Brett's the type of guy that, you know, likes to do his hunting trips up north, you know, in the wintertime. And 
likes to hang out with the country the country you know singers and and likes to travel and stuff like that. So I just I just don't I just don't think it's in really Brett's DNA to want to be anchored down to something like that. To where I mean, total one hundred percent commitment has to be you know given to something like that. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Interesting what you said about Alcorn. I do, I do want to pass this along because, you know, we, we did spend some time on this show uh, in the past year giving bad news. COVID, you're right, COVID's still a problem, Kelly, and, and you're still seeing interruptions. But the news in Mississippi continues to be good. Uh, I, I'm looking right now, the, the hospitalization rates continue to fall. The ICU rates continue to fall. The the rates of Mississippians on respirators, everything is trending in the right direction. So, uh, I look, I respect Alcorn's decision, and they have to make their own decisions. Uh, but I, I do think the darkest days are behind us, and I think, frankly, guys, there's light on the horizon now. Yeah, and Scott Barry, you know, as I was telling you, had lunch with him today, and it was it was interesting. He was saying that this, this COVID thing has just got coaches pulling their hair out. Of course, kind of joking because Scott's bald, but but he was just saying because of contract, contact tracing and all these sorts of things that now when the Eagles travel, they have to have seating charts. I mean, like you were in school. For example, he said that, that the Eagles cannot have their two catchers sit together on the bus because he said if one should test positive, then the other one would have to you know, be in contact tracing and have to be quarantined for 14 yeah. days. And he said, so you don't want to wipe out a position. Yeah, then then you you totally wipe out your catcher position. So they have to have like they were kindergartners or first graders seating charts, and you know he's got to put one catcher in the back right side of the bus and the other catcher in the left front of the bus. Yeah, <laughs> you have to make sure. That I heard it. Room to, Pearl room River yesterday, though, they had to do that with you in your first uh, call for right. uh, for junior college baseball yesterday. Right. Well, Bob was telling well, me about that earlier. I was just a little upset because the concession stand was locked a little later than it usually is. And, and Kelly, one quick question. Did you stick Coach Barry with the tab like you normally do people when you have lunch with them? Uh, Any other comment will have to come from the president, Bob. (laughs) He's taking a nap right now, Kelly. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Come on. You know better than that. All right, we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by D-Bat. D1 training, baseball season, softball season right around the corner and need to uh, get your kids sharpened on some skills. D-Bat's the place to go. Great instructors, great facilities. D1 training, a great place uh, to get you in the best shape of your life. It's all located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly Santer 
on the phone with us. Lady Eagles against Rice this weekend in basketball has been postponed due to COVID-19 related concerns. Uh, within Rice, Jeremy McLean uh, said that they were looking at that yesterday and it came out official uh, a, a little bit after we went off air. So uh, they were originally scheduled for tomorrow at 6, Saturday at 4. And they're going to work with Conference USA to to reschedule. Uh, men on the road at Rice uh, tomorrow at two. So as soon as we get off air yesterday or tomorrow, uh, Southern Miss is going to take the court against Rice. That game is on CUSA.tv. And then Saturday they'll play at two, and it's on ESPN Plus. So uh, tomorrow, uh, as we're down at Ramy Motors, Golden Eagles will be warming up for a conference series at Rice. We will be at Ramy Motors tomorrow with the guys, uh, with Dakota Baker, and uh, I guess guys, we're going to be doing our our Super Bowl preview live from Ramy Motors tomorrow, yeah. and uh, we'll talk about some basketball and baseball and and lots of stuff, and also. Brand-new defensive line coach Brandon Lacey on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. So thankful to Jack Duggan for, for getting us uh, these coaches. Yeah, it's been fun talking to them. And as we said yesterday, Luke, these these young guys in particular, they're so full of energy that by the time you get off the phone with them, you're pretty fired up, ready to go to a football game. They're going to, I think, generate a lot of excitement and a lot of enthusiasm in, in the fall. He's the one that put in his Twitter profile as soon as he was hired. He just put D-line coach of the 2021 Conference USA Football Champions. I mean, as soon as he was hired, he put that in his bio. So I, I salute him. I Look hope forward to right. talking to him tomorrow. Is, is Bernie Sanders going to be at the games this fall in his mittens and, and mask? Is he going to be sitting, I'm sure, probably somewhere in the stands? Huh? I, I been, certainly hope so. Don't you, Kelly? He's been sighted every, everywhere else <laughs> I, I sure hope Bernie shows. He can sit hey, with the Dixie Darlings. Hey, you guys, I wanted a special uh, tribute, a salute today to Will McGillis, who's one of the Southern Miss baseball team captains. Scott Barry told the story uh, today at lunch where, uh, you know, in the fall they had their, their black and gold, you know, World Series where the team has an inter-squad series against each other. And the winning team gets, to, you know, to, to chide the losing team and, you know, gets a, a bigger dinner and and some – some nice things, including uh, some T-shirts that the winners can print anything they want on the T-shirts, right? And usually it's some sort of ribbing uh, uh, toward the other team, right, toward the team that lost. But um, they hadn't decided uh, Will McGillis was on the winning team and was the captain of the winning team. Winning team. And so he finally uh, went up to Coach Barry not long ago and said, Coach, we've decided what we want to do with our shirts. And, of course, the shirts go to the entire team, the entire baseball team. And so Coach said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And Will McGillis said, we would like to print T-shirts that say um, McNellis Strong. Oh, that's after good. Coach, yeah, after nice. Coach Joy Lee had gone, you know, with her cancer treatments and so on and so forth. So here's, so here's a guy, you know, it would be real easy to, to tease the other baseball players who they beat in that series but they've taken it away from baseball and shifted it to to coach joy lee mcnellis and her fight against cancer and and scott barry made a good point he said that that's what you're looking at when you look at a leader and he said you know the players voted on will mcgillis as being one of the team captains and you see why it was because <clears throat> totally shifted it towards He's... coach mcnellis and, and, you know, he's being selfless this year, too. I mean, he played first last year. He's going to move to second base. I mean, you talk about he's stepping this, in Gidry's shoes the, this, out there. Yeah, this, this the, third, the third, the third, third position he's position played. position in three yeah. years. 
Right, son of a former athletic director and a graduate of Presbyterian Christian School here in Hattiesburg. Am I right about that? That that's correct. Yeah. So, so. we're uh, we're Adam Doliak, you know the the big star now in, in country music. Adam Doliak, you know, played at PCS. Right. Right. And then went on, and then went on to play at uh, at Southern Miss. Right. So. You're one of his secret songwriters, aren't you? You you get up with him once or twice a year and churn out a bunch of. Uh, Upcoming, yeah, hits. but he you doesn't. Do that, he doesn't usually take them though, Luke. Like my last one um, that I get, wrote to him, I thought was pretty good. It's called "If You Still Think You're Number One, You're Full of Number Two. <laughs> you see, um, you he, open the door, Luke. What is wrong with you? He didn't <laughs> like that one, and he didn't like the we, one. We I had can't... forty seconds to kill Bob for the oh, rest of the show. I mean, on. that was how else would we? No, kill he's it, got right? another one. I can assure you, he's but, not going to stop. I think, he, I think he's going to like this new one I'm writing. It's called "I Can't Get Over You." So, would you please answer the phone? <laughs> But that's probably dear to your heart and your dating life there. Actual living experience. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and how about how about this one, Bob? This this guys can relate to this one. Is a new country song that I'm writing for Adam called "You're the Reason Our Kids Are Ugly." On behalf of all our listeners, Luke, I want to thank you for opening that door here in the last minute of the program. I got more. Today. I got more. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, Kelly. No, wait a minute. I, He's I got more that. of a lot of things. Yeah, and unfortunately, we just don't have time to hear about them all. Uh, but maybe tomorrow. We'll be back at 1. The boys will be down at Ramey Motors in Purvis. Dakota will be joining them. I'm sure it's always fun. Look forward to that. Until then, be quiet, Kelly. Until then, Southern Miss. (laughs) To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.